0: I'm very excited to share this recording with you guys, which happened at our conference, sasopen.com, with over 100 speakers, all founders of B2B SaaS companies. We have a very high bar for what speakers share on stage. So you're going to enjoy this episode where we dive deep into revenue graphs, real tactics, and real growth metrics. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at getlatka.com. So quick, quick background on me. I, I was uh, pre-med, so when you look at my LinkedIn, and you see bachelor of science, it's not bachelor of science of computer science, it was actually um, life sciences. So I was intending on being a doctor, I worked in uh, a teaching hospital at UCLA for about three years and then pivoted and found myself in software. Um, part of that journey is I'm always learning. And I always look forward to this event. Luke, you know, I learned from you, and Rajesh, I learned from you, and, and I'll continue. And if you look at, um, uh, You know, Anand yesterday, he probably would have said, "I don't swear like Anand." I don't know who who watched Anand yesterday, but very inspiring CEO of um, Inside. And um, but profitable growth is 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 hard, but it is possible. And hopefully, I can share some nuggets with you of our story and how we got there. Um, Scaffolding is critical, and I'm going to share with you. I think from the onset, you have to have this mindset of. Building from day one of thinking profitable, a shocking statistic, 28% of the publicly traded companies were not profitable in 2021. How is that possible? Crazy statistic. Um, It's my own money and it's my co-founder's money. And for like many of you, you put your own hard work money in here, spend it wisely, right? There's a lot of things you can spend money on, but you gotta say no a lot. And if you do A and B, and I thank Nathan because I have control of the company, right? He's been a big help to make sure that I stay in control, that, that, that we have um, ownership of the company. So that's one is the foundation we're going to talk about. Number two is, um, particularly in, in, in a down economy, figure out ways to remove buyer friction. We're a sales-led growth company. Many of you here might be product-led growth. But we actually have to do some hard work to convince customers of, of value. Part of that, we do everything for the buyer, and I'll share with you what, what I mean by that. And as a new vendor, as a company that's never spent a dollar on marketing that has no brand recognition, you have to de-risk it for the customer to adopt you as a new vendor. And then what I call escape from velocity. I believe we're on the, the front end of escape from velocity. And I'll tell you how we got there and what we plan to do that. And you really have to differentiate yourself by offering something unique and different. Offer something everyone needs. I feel we have something that every B2B sales organization needs, and I'll show you what that means. And get inside this trust circle. What we have going on is our buyers are bombarded. Email, in-mail, phone calls and they're blocking us. So if you get inside the the trust circle to get that first meeting, it's highly valuable and I'll share with you how we're we're able to achieve that. So Modigi is basically a software as a service that boosts sales rep productivity and we drive revenue through efficiency. And so 40%, we're finding about 40% of contact data that reps use to prospect is inaccurate. It's a shocking statistic, but it's real. And so what Modigi does is we fix this inside Salesforce before a sales rep makes a phone call. 40% inefficiency. In today's economy, you have to provide revenue outcomes or efficiency. So what we do is we sit inside Salesforce, we monitor leads and records that are gonna go into a cadence or sequence Sales Loft, Outreach, I'm sure you've heard of them. And then that's when we act. So we inspect every record, make sure it's accurate. If it's not, we quarantine it, or we fix it. And it makes reps extremely productive. So that's my little thats my little spot in, in, in the Salesforce ecosystem. So we have a tab, and that is functionally where we place our information and it gets mapped to the, to the dialers, it gets mapped to the sales engagement tool. And we look and feel just like Salesforce. And what it gives me is the ability to reach what I feel is about 70% of the B2B market, which gives us a little bit of leverage. I don't know how many of you can relate to this, but I can sell without a CRM. I can sell without intent data. I can sell without conversational intelligence. These are wonderful technologies. I can sell without a sales engagement tool. I just need a spreadsheet, and I have to have the contact information for my buyer. Otherwise, it's a non-starter for anything else. So where we find ourselves when we thought about where we we would place Modigi in in the ecosystem, there's lots of wonderful sales tech out there, is we're the last mile. We're cleaning everything up. Otherwise, all those tools to record conversations and train against conversations, the intent signals, who's my, like, my high-fit buyer, they're ready to buy. If you can't reach them, it's a waste of money. And so that's part of our sales motion. So um, as people that know me know I love live music. And I just moved to Nashville from the Bay Area. It's a wonderful town. Anybody been to Nashville, live in Nashville? Yeah. There's music everywhere. And so when I think about this, um, the way that we started our company, it's like a three-man band. Uh, Rush, great band. Beastie Boys, since we're in New York, great band. The police, that didn't go so well, right? They broke up. But right now, we're three, we, you know, we've, we founded this company based on the ability to produce wonderful music with, with just three people initially. And there's a lot of crossover between what I do and what my co-founder CRO does and what our COO does. Look at, look at, so I call it the Swiss army knife. But we all come together. We're all around innovation. All three of us um, get together on innovation. Two of us focus on lead gen and sales. And then um, we have a COO who really is incredibly talented that runs um, not only operations, he runs product, he runs technology, he runs customer success, which I do as well. And, and so that would cost a lot of money if you had specific people to fill those roles. Expert advisors, this came out of Anon's, I'm keeping score on what Anon said yesterday. Don't believe you have to raise VC, did not do, raise VC. Don't be afraid to hire expert advisors. So we have advisors, I have a president of a telecom, telecom company because we're dealing with mobile phone information. I thought it was important to have that. We have Google on our advisory board, a technologists, the a lead technologists at Google. We have the cost of legal, oh my God, $850 an hour. So one of my advisors is an, is an attorney, but he also worked at SAP on the deal desk. He worked at DocuSign. He built their go-to-market strategy and privacy compliance. But I also have people on my board from Ring Central and Lacework, which raised more money than any uh, cybersecurity company in a single round. So we're stacking the deck of things I can't do that I need expert advisors. So check on, on and on, thank you. Don't believe your own hype. Um, we haven't hyped anything. We've spent $0 on marketing. We've aggregated our customers uh, through just hard work and grit, and now we might go out to market and tell the world, uh, of you know what we're doing. Don't sell only to startups. That was another thing Anand on said yesterday. We actually started out upstream. So the majority of our revenue as a new company comes from companies that are worth over a billion dollars. I'm gonna share an example of a company that's worth $25 billion that, that we're working with. Um, don't hire salespeople before you can sell. And I'm gonna come back to this. That 1.7 that we did last year, it's a small number. I've been dealing with hundreds of millions of dollars of numbers when I've worked at, in sales leadership. That's just two people selling. That's me and my co-founder. So now that we know, I'm trying to go back. Idiot. <laughs> is there no back button? Anyway, so the, um, the idea is that two of us at, Just two of us selling accomplished that. And what I feel good about is we have the feedback loop from every client engagement. So I was determined to be on every install of our software, which takes two hours to install and set up in in Salesforce, to be on, uh, so I can get the feedback loop to improve our our technology. So yeah, don't hire, we haven't, we just hired our first salesperson, because now we've mastered what the sales cycle looks like. In 2022, uh, we were at a, you know, to, to hire that individual and to hire my first customer success manager, came to Nathan to get a tranche of money to help us scale and grow for growth. And, and here are the numbers, I'm not afraid to show it. And at the end, I'll show you my pro forma for the next 24 months or next two years. But we made profit last year and we made profit this year, or the, in 2021 we made profit and 2022 we made profit. We were a services company in 2020 and we didn't launch our product till um, Q1 of 2021. So, this is hopefully I share some nuggets with you about. So, in, in a down economy, you got to do a lot of extra, go through a lot of extra hoops for, for buyers. Um, I have a couple fun stories. Um, but one, I'm going to show you what a value report looks like. So, I heard, you know, Luke, you talked about data driven. Almost everything is data driven, particularly the type of deal sizes that we're working on. Um, and you have to prove that you can solve a problem, so come up with a use case or two, prove it out empirically through data, and then increase. You know, it has to be around increasing revenue, increasing productivity. A lot of companies are, are, are doing more with less, obviously. I mentioned earlier, de-risk it as a new vendor. So through, because we have a Salesforce managed package, we, we took change off the table. One of the things that we run into in, in, in B2B sales is I don't have enough people Not me, but the buyer. They're too busy. You look redundant, right? Change management. I can't take my sales guy. I have fewer cycles to spend learning a new tool. And because you don't have to learn a new tool, I took that off the table. Get creative when it comes to deal, making deals. Um, You know, we're a SaaS that has a 12-month subscription. That's our typical contract. But if our buyer says, listen, I need, you know, I, I need assurances that, that if you shit the bed, that we can get out. And so on occasion, we will, we'll do a three-month contract where we have specific metrics that we have to hit, and be bold, and we can hit them. And so I can write that into a contract. It hasn't failed us yet. This is a fun one. So uh, a cybersecurity company we're working with, we had about a $150,000 deal on the table. And um, if you recall, at end of last quarter, um, you know, POs, that anything had like 50,000 or 100,000 had to go to a higher level of authority. And so our procurement basically said, listen, guys, if you take a $99,999 you know, $99, PO, we can we catch you a PO, or you can wait for two weeks, take the PO, get off the table. And so we did. Um, and then now our job is just to make sure that the deal goes well. So we get our, our, get our upsell. There's the PO. So I mentioned um, being data-driven, right? And data-driven basically is giving, our buyer became RevOps. RevOps became a really popular title recently, where they oversee the disciplines of marketing, sales, customer success. And their role is to extract as much revenue per headcount as possible. So we had been building this uh, revenue model or calculator to show the impact of our software solution. And it really stems back to, and I'm going to show you what a data diagnostic looks like, is what comes from the outset that we can build around. Is it a 30% improvement? Is it a 40% improvement? What's that improvement look like? So this is an example. It's a big number. It's a big number. Um, and we have an insertion strategy because not all companies want to spend that kind of money. Even though you can show a 2,200% improvement ROI. I never thought I'd be doing ROIs again, but some, you know, right now that's 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 the kind of level of conversations we're having. And again, there's a revenue output job to be done. RevOps needs more revenue with existing headcount, so we show them that. And then we show them, listen, if you do nothing, it costs you money too. So you have a choice. You can you can give me three hundred thousand and I'll produce a lot of revenue for you. I'll help your reps produce revenue. Or you could do nothing and you're, you're, it's, it's a cost burden. So those are some of the techniques that we use. Now I talk about escape velocity. Escape velocity is really um, to differentiate yourself. I feel I'm gonna show you something that everyone needs. We call it a go-to-market data diagnostic. I mentioned to you that we're finding 40% of contact data is inaccurate Think about the cost. 10 SDRs cost about a million dollars a year, times 40, percent that's $400,000 of lost productivity. Um, a non-disruptive solution, um, more deal flow. So we've been fortunate enough to come up with something that is really frictionless that um, others will talk about on our behalf. Get the insertion. So I mentioned, um, we've already showed like a proof of value, right, but those price points there's a lot of consolidation in, in, in budgets, so I'm willing to take smaller deals that are maybe 25% of the size, $25,000 deals, $50,000 deals, just to, get the, just to get the insertion, get a small order, and then earn, earn the customers um, you know, through, through, um, through customer success a time to value, right? And I would urge you all to do the same. So this is where it starts for us. I mentioned that I was pre-med, so when I think about my upcoming doctor's appointment. New to Nashville, so I have to go to my new primary care physician. Um, when you're my age, you, you do the PSA test. And there's a lot of things. You wanna know what's going on. You do that through a blood test. This is my version of a blood test. So what we do is we take um, the last 15 or 30 days of contact data that companies paid their reps to use to prospect and effectuate engagement. Here's an example of a $25 billion cloud services company they thought they had mobile, mobile phone coverage is what our big bet is, right? That's what we're specialized on. That they had 28% mobile phone coverage, they didn't understand, they thought it was higher. 68% of those phone numbers were wrong. They also had 9.8% of the prospects had changed jobs. That's another thing we do. We look at, are people still at the target company? Are prospects still at the target company? Have they, have they changed? Is John Smith still at eBay or is he at Amazon? So. They effectively have, in access of 91% of the market, they had no idea, they never had visibility before this, te- before this diagnostic. In over 147 reps last year, 500 meetings, upside down. Less than 1% call to connect rate. It's all because of that, bad data. So this one, um, what we've decided to do is take the state of diagnostic, And we've built a network of ambassadors, okay? And that's how, you know, I mentioned earlier, like getting in the Circle of Trust, you have so much bombardment that um, there's only so much mind share to get. And so what we've built is a program called Ambassador Program. So we have started, and actually this is old already. uh, Mandy, Mandy updated that this. uh, We have 12 ambassadors, 12 of the top uh, 300 Influencers on LinkedIn, recommending and promoting Modigi. Not Modigi the company, but Modigi the data diagnostic. It's a, you know, it's a, free, it's a free diagnostic to see um, the impact of, of inaccurate information and our ability to fix it. So as I mentioned, if I execute, there's no reason I doubt that I can. I'm sharing with you my pro forma. As a founder, I'm not giving up equity to VCs. That's three million. I can spit off three to four million of EBITDA over the next two years. And I feel really good about that. So, what I shared with you is if you're lucky enough to get a band together of people who complement each other, who have different skill sets, that's a great start. Spend your money wisely, outsource everything you can. Um, I like to say, be a need to have versus a nice to have. Lower the barrier to entry. Do everything for your customer. Make it easy for them to buy and partner with you. And then the escape velocity. Find your version of offering something that didn't exist, that everybody needs. And that's it. Thank you. If the data diagnostic resonates with you, that's a website specific for this event, we'll prioritize Uh, you and your business, Um, but you'd have to act pretty fast on that because we're getting really busy. Thank you.